0: Before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years, I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello.
1: You are so amazing. I want you to know how inspirational I find you. You're just such a fantastic woman, Oh,
0: thanks, Megan. (laughs) You know, I like to hit a ball across a
1: net wearing lycra, but it's so lovely that you think I'm inspirational. I love the way you speak to me. You just make me feel so good. No, Liz and I have not gone totally insane, but I've been listening to the Megan Archetypes podcast. How does she have the same job that we do? I, like I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Is she um, copying? Is Megan copying? No, it's very, very different to us. In fact, I actually went back. I listened to Megan's podcast and I actually went back and listened to our first podcast to compare. Because Did you? you? Well, you obviously Is involved. this Megan's first podcast then with Serena? Well, the first ones were Serena and the second ones with Mariah. And oh, yeah, it oh. <laughs> reached the archive. But. I have to say, I, I mean, I wanted to like it. I wanted to like it. I did, but it is the first one particularly. Did it your is diabetes? So... Did your diabetes increase listening to oh, it? Oh, I felt like I'd eaten a hundred cupcakes. It was so sweet and clean. But the thing is, with 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 this, is it most definitely a production. It's very polished, unlike us. It's very polished. It's it sounded very um, scripted. Particularly what Megan does is she has the interview and in between the interview she's got these little voiceovers. So she'll say, uh, this is when Serena won this or this is when this happened. But um, you could do that as well, and it you? you could say, This is when Liz won
0: an award, this is when she was columnist of voiceovers, the Voiceovers,
1: voiceovers, And it, it it sounds it sounds incredibly i don't know it just doesn't sound natural um the one with mariah carey was much more natural oh, with a <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'll stick a pin in you and you can get that get get, get that yeah. high and that was much more natural because mariah carey All is I a joy i want for
0: christmas la, 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 la. see i could be mariah you, i've got the
1: hair Ma- I'm, I'm now megan you're now mariah and Mariah's delightful. She's down to earth. She's she's one of the girls. You know, you think you could go out for a drink with Mariah and have a bloody good time. And Megan is being, like, so sort of serious and so, oh, you know, yes. earnest. Yeah. And it's kind of like Mariah's going, yeah, but she's a bitch. She's, <laughs> Can we say bitch? And she's just a joy, an absolute joy. And they have... They have some really good conversations, some really good points made. Megan's podcast is about women and about labels women have. So with Mariah, they were talking about Diva. And with Serena, um, they were talking about ambition in women and how that's seen as a negative thing. So they actually have some really good conversations in between all this sickly sweet stuff. And I find I prefer podcasts where it's natural, where you're chatting, you interrupt, you might have a bicker where it where it's real um, and megan is megan sort of just doesn't really achieve that in her bit she's it's like she's reading from a bit of paper which i I don't like i find I find that quite uncomfortable, and you can see there's every ounce of her she's an actress, she's completely in actress mode, there's no spontaneity. So that sort of thing sort of got on my nerves, really. But today in the Times, Janice Turner, who I love and adore, she
0: makes a very good column. She's called it Harry Pops In. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And during the podcast with Serena Williams, Harry pops in and Mecca says, you want to come and say hi? As you would to a toddler who crashes your work Zoom call. Whereupon the women mimic his accent, and Harry says Serena's hair has a great vibe. But how is Harry suddenly having a walk on part? And I know from having been married and having been in relationships, when you're a bigger star than the man, which I always am because I'm the Mariah Carey in this you situation. Are. You are they don't like it. But also it's Men so don't false. like being
1: the walk-on no. pop in to your orbit. But it, it's just so false. I mean, when you're listening to it, and there's, there's this big emphasis on... We are so happy. We are the perfect couple. You know, every conversation ends with my love. She are you talking about the love. interview in the cut now? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm to, I'm, no, I'm talking about the podcast. You know, when he leaves the room, it's, it's by my love, my love. And it's all kind but of... But real marriages oh. aren't there, aren't
0: like that. Your, your husband leaves the room and you say to him, take out the recycling, wipe the toilet get the hoover out, feed the dogs, pick up the water bowl. You don't say my love. You just give him a barrage of instructions.
1: No, and, and it just it just seems so staged. It really did. And, you know, okay, you're happy. Bully for you. <laughs> Bully for you. I'm glad you're happy. But what did you think about the interview and the cut? And the cut,
0: for people who don't know, where have you been, is the New York magazine. It has this, like, gossipy section, which is online. And... I mean, she looks very beautiful in all the photos, and I, I kind she of... She is. She is beautiful. She's just been absolutely attacked by everyone for doing this interview and moaning about the paparazzi who would have watched her children at school, where she takes a journalist along on the school run, and she gives stuff to a homeless person. And But I kind of... I mean, I've done those interviews, haven't I, Nick? Yeah, yeah. I've been dressed up in a ball gown, made to float in a river, looking like I'm Kathy pining after Heathcliff. (laughs) And it's kind of like (laughs) when you're a woman, the press sort of don't know what to do with you. What they do with you is they get a hair and makeup artist and they put you in lots of frogs and they make you walk along a log over a river and you're going, Jesus Christ, I'm going to fall in. And... That isn't who you are. It isn't me walking across a log no. above a waterfall talking about my career. Life is more complex than that. But when we deal with female celebrities, that's the only way we know how to put their message across. Let's get a makeup artist. Let's get a hairdresser. Let's put you in a ball gown. Let's make you walk across a log across a mm-hmm. river. So even though Megan does look quite ridiculous in these pictures that's as a female celebrity that is how you are made to perform
1: it's like you're a monkey in a circus but it's also contraindicative to what she's trying to do with her podcast you know she's talking about labels she's talking about how women are portrayed how women are seen I would have thought that wouldn't necessarily be the way she wants to advertise their podcast, which is presumably the reason she'd done the interview. But for, for you know, I've worked in
0: magazines since 1981. That is how we promote celebrity women, yeah, whatever they're doing,
1: yeah. And you she's beautiful. I mean? We put beautiful. them in a lovely
0: frock, and you put makeup on, you make them do something they would never do in normal life. And I think. I don't know, I feel a little bit sorry for her really because I think she's ended up realising that the biggest celebrity in the world is the Queen and being royal, even being a movie star. Look at Tom Cruise licking the Queen's dress. Even A-list movie stars aren't as big as royal. So she suddenly realised... I'm just a sort of reality TV person. And I think she feels like she's in mourning for what she could have had, but she won't admit it.
1: Well, I think, I know in the interview, you know, she talks about projects that didn't come to pass with Netflix. They, they were abandoned and so And that's the reality, isn't it? You start a project, it's abandoned. You go on to the yeah. next project. Yeah, I mean, like, look at me. Oh, Apply to be editor of L, and
0: I'm told I'm too high street. I write a book. I say they say it's not strong enough. It's a, it's it's so strong you can barely read it. It literally sears your eyeballs off. Now my
1: eyeballs turned into the back of my head. I and learned you try things. Try and uh, and what I didn't
0: think that Tom Bauer got with his biography of her, and he obviously went into it with an agenda of he hates her, is. But at least she's a grafter and she tried. And she tried to succeed in the toughest arena there is. In a way, really, trying to succeed as a Hollywood actress, it's like trying to win Wimbledon or trying to win um, the World Cup as a footballer or trying to go to to Mars. You're trying to be the best in the world. And there's millions and millions and millions of people trying to stop you you know if you look at i mean emma raducanu has had lots of criticism this week because she was knocked out of the u.s open in the first round but i mean you do it you go and win the u.s open yeah. it's, it's harder than you actually
1: think yeah yeah.
0: it's really hard to write a book it's really hard to be an actress in hollywood because everyone
1: thinks you're old once you're past 25
0: so i feel a bit
1: sorry for no i i admire i'll be honest i admire i i The podcast is really good in terms of the content. She's she's put a lot of thought into it. It's it's very smooth. It's very professional. I just would prefer a little bit more spontaneity with it. It's too voiceover. It's too audiobook voiceover actually. Shall we invite Megan on the podcast? I think she could learn from us. I think if she just injects a little bit more of our spontaneity. What she needs is she needs Guy the Beagle
0: wanting a poo... In the middle of the podcast.
1: But it is. I think it will get better. I think it will get better. I think at the moment she's trying too hard. But it's got some really good content. It's worth listening to. Particularly the Mariah one. Can you send this podcast to, to Megan? Yes. Let's send her our tips. She ends her podcast with three words what you would describe yourself as as a child with three words and then what you describe yourself with an adult okay how does she describe herself then so no no the guest. she asks her guests to do it so go on why don't you do that what does serena say oh god i can't even remember now i can't remember so three words as a child and three Three, words yes yes so go on as a
0: child terrified Quiet Animal lover Yeah Now Yep. Yeah. Terrified Animal lover
1: <sighs> Bitter Yeah Okay So we've taken something of Megan's and we've put it into airs Come on Meg's Come on Meg's You can do it
0: Podcast, I nearly said column. It's all about arguments. Yes. There's a new book out. That's and to it
1: was, balance the podcast, Megan's podcast. It was
0: extracted in the Times this week, and I've got this book in front of me. It's called Five Arguments All Couples Need to Have. Only
1: five? By Joanna Harrison. Do you know what the five arguments are? I have no idea how you narrow it down to five. No idea at all. Communication... Right. Like, why are you silent? Why do you never talk
0: to me? Why do you just sort of sit staring into space? Right. (laughs) How we deal with each other's families. Oh dear, right. How we deal with sharing out all the jobs that need doing. Right. How we manage distance between us. There couldn't be enough distance, in my opinion.
1: How we feel about each other's bodies and homes. Oh that's not a conversation I wanna have. I don't I know, I don't wanna have the body conversation. No. So I would say
0: and the archive is gonna be a column about my husband. The main problem I had with my husband that he was lazy and wouldn't do anything. And had lots of affairs. Lazy.
1: I put the lots of affairs
0: up above lazy. The lazy got on my nerves more actually, because really? at least having an affair was exercise. Could have got some of the fat off. <laughs> well, you you have a very novel approach to infidelity. The Main argument I had with David was over his flat and never improving it, because home is very important to women, isn't it? And no, it is. It is very important, and and because something isn't important to you doesn't mean you don't fix it for the other person no there's got to be a level of compromise hasn't there oh, okay nice. lizzie's very fussy she's driven 300 miles i might just over you know put a light bulb in the bathroom and make us dinner from scratch yeah, yeah. not much to ask no so laziness and not bothering about his house and also with my husband money he never paid for anything It wasn't so much the affairs, really, because I honestly thought that no no other woman would fancy him.
1: But it was really the laziness and lack of drive. So did you have, like, so these conversations, did you try to have any of these conversations with him? Did I try and follow the advice of this book? Yes, Well, the, the
0: advice of this book is when you're having an argument with your husband or partner, it's all to do with tone, and it's about listening to their complaints. So if a woman, so an example, because she's a therapist, she's a couple therapist. If someone says, I don't want to move further out of London to be cheaper because I don't want an hour commute. The husband should then say, no, I understand you getting ready in the morning with one of your issues. And I understand it's very tiring, but maybe money is an issue as well. But arguments don't happen like that in real life, do they? They do not. Arguments in real life happen with you like throwing things. You know, if you love someone, there is passion, and you've invested time in a relationship, and you feel affronted, and you feel you've done your best. And she doesn't take you into account. The emotion and the anger and the betrayal is just like, well, you need to adjust your tone. You need to say, yes, I hear what you're saying. Very often you're just screaming at each other. And I'll be honest. And actually, this is a bit like Marriage, the TV series with Sean, whatever his name is. Yeah, Sean Bean. Lovely Sean Bean. And this book, it just makes me glad I'm not in a couple and I don't have to argue with anyone. So uh, we're going to go with the archive next, which is to do with arguing. And this is a column I wrote about my husband in 2008. God, back in time. I picked up the ex-husband and we drove down to Exmoor. He was wearing white nylon sportswear and lots of horrible dark rings. And when I likened him to Jimmy Savile, he got into a dark mood as we arrived at the lane leading to my farm he had to get out of the car to open the gate and i can tell from his posture this didn't amuse him he didn't even want to get out of the car and open the gate that's how lazy he but was. that's
1: the passenger's job isn't it thats is, yeah that's what you do he kept going
0: ow and it's dark <laughs> in between packing for new york for the fashion shows i started to tell him how everything works he was supposed to be there to to animal set, I told him where the chickens are kept, each of their names, what they eat, where the logs are stored, and the directions to the nearest village. He started to look doubtful. <laughs> I might go mad here on my own, he said. I might turn into Jack Nicholson in The Shining and start breaking down the door to attack Squeaky. <laughs> of course. In the end, I hired someone to look after the animals and he came with me to New York. This turned out to be a big mistake. There is nothing like sharing a hotel room with a man to make you realise how much you value being single. As I write, my little room in Soho, opposite Prada, is strewn with his clothes, sportswear. (laughs) Trays of half-eaten food are everywhere, and the minibar has been raided. I never raid the minibar when I'm in a hotel. I take my own water. You must have been absolutely
1: demented.
0: I haven't been able to order a single romantic comedy on the movie channel because he has to be asleep by nine to get up for yoga. We don't have sex. Bear in mind we're divorced... And you remember he wrote in the Daily Mail that he was trapped into a marriage. Well he still went out with me after we were divorced. Instead, we sit side by side in the lovely bed with the square pillows, both in our pajamas, like Morecambe and Wise. <laughs> he hasn't become any less annoying, and I tell him this. See, I'm not doing what this five of arguments all couples need to have. I just say you're annoying. Well you're divorced by then, ain't you? you've got nothing to lose. I say to him, and this isn't in the book either, you will never get another girlfriend if your personality doesn't improve. (laughs) Well, I suppose that's constructive criticism. (laughs) You still love me, he says, cuddling me like a teddy. No, I don't. You'll never get back together with me, will you, he asks. No, I won't. I don't know how i put up with you for five minutes, let alone seven years. The mess, the criticism... I feel incredibly liberated now that I don't care what you think of me and I don't have to tiptoe around your weird moods. Normally, when I check into a hotel room, I unpack carefully. It's like I'm about to perform surgery. It is. It is. I can attest to that. I order room service and I put on a paw strip. Instead, with a horrible lump of a man in the room, I'm on high alert in case he rips open another packet of Oreo cookies from the mini bar.
1: <laughs> the plus points you need a little lock, little combination
0: lock. The plus points of having a boyfriend, someone to meet in the bar, go out to dinner with, never translate into reality. When I do meet him for a drink, he sits there reading the paper. When we go for dinner, it's over in twenty minutes. He's just phoned down to reception of the Mercer Hotel in the Soho. Do you know how expensive it is? I'm guessing very. For a toothbrush. He phoned down. And he said, have you got a toothbrush? <coughs> I did don't believe it. I say turning into Victor Meldrew.
1: Why didn't you bring one with you? I forgot. That's pretty fundamental. A toothbrush is pretty like, important, especially if you go into a hotel room with someone.
0: But anyway, while we're divorced and he's trapped in my hotel room, I thought I would use the time. To find out whether or not he has a new girlfriend. Not likely. Possible. Right.
1: <laughs> Some big old lump
0: would have him, wouldn't they?
1: <laughs> or not, if they've read what he's up to.
0: Anyway, I hack into his email, because I'm a trained investigative journalist, and I say, who is this Claire who keeps emailing and texting you? She can't even spell She's not my girlfriend, he says. How about you? What happened to the American you went on a date with? Do you remember I had to go for a feature to Claridge's? We were the last people in the restaurant. And he said to me, isn't it nice being the last people in the restaurant? So he's jealous of the American.
1: He's keeping tabs, then.
0: I don't like to admit I haven't heard from him, so I sit down at my computer to check my emails, as if by magic... The American has just sent me a message. I open it, smiling smugly. Ah. <laughs> Loved your piece on Paris couture, and no mention of your ex, I read out. <laughs> Why don't you email him back, telling him I'm sharing your room in New York? The ex-husband grinned at me. I will never get another boyfriend while boy, like he's still hovering about. It has dawned on the ex-husband that life was so much easier when he was with me. Everyone thinks that. They disrespect me. They don't like my high end, Maria Ke- ah! Carey. Oh God, high mate But they miss it. They miss it. They miss it, and then they miss it again. <laughs> The ex-husband is now thinking that all he has to do is be vaguely nice and we'll turn into Natalie Wood and Robert Wagner and get married again. Except I've changed. I'm not having him back. Never. Not in a million years.
1: But what was he doing in the hotel room then? I don't know, because he was supposed to be dog sitting. All this, all this, I'm never having him back. Not in, he was in the bed. He was in the bed. Yeah, but it was like Malcolm and Wise, <laughs> completely sexless. <laughs> Could have gone the other way.
0: And I knew he was cheating on me in New York. Do you know how? Because he performed oral sex and it worked. And I said, "You've learnt some new technique." Yeah. And he was meeting Daphne at yoga. And then he took me to a vegan restaurant in New York, I and I said, yoga's an "How did it? you know there was a vegan restaurant in New York?" So I think she took him to a vegan restaurant. What a bitch! What a bitch! Bitch!
1: Well, I suppose at least she educated him for you. Next week,
0: everyone, it's my birthday week and it's my birthday podcast. It is. And oh, we're going to revisit my birthday when I discovered my husband was cheating. Uh,
1: 2006.
0: Uh, it's something to look forward to, isn't it? It is. Next episode. It
1: is. You it's heard a it birthday first. birthday special. It is. And what's the bet in Liz won't like what I get her? <laughs> We went back to last year. We went back to last year. You didn't like the trousers. She got me wide
0: Zara trousers. They
1: were lovely. I don't want to look like
0: an elephant. They
1: were lovely.
0: I don't like wide. I'm toothpick till I die. I was going with your wedding suit. Toothpick. That wasn't wide. I just got thin.
1: They weren't (laughs) wide to start with. That's not an experience I'm used to. I assume they were wide. (laughs)
0: You can read this week's diary in full from Man on Sunday's You magazine.
1: So how's your week been now? Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting week. I've not um, been very well and for quite a long time. So I've been having lots of blood tests and more blood tests this week. And I've got high blood pressure and my thyroid's out. And da, da, your organs, da, your my, organs are. A, a, what's wrong with your organs? My my organs are all shot. My organs are all shot. But you know, we've talked a lot, haven't we, about Davina and and you're very anti HRT. I'm I'm starting HRT. I have my little boxes. Well, according to Nicola a few weeks
0: ago, if you want to scroll back through the podcast,
1: she was still capable of being with child. Well, <laughs> I've not actually been t- blood tested or anything for menopause, but because of my symptoms of, like, I ache all over, I'm exhausted, they thought, regardless of whether I'm perimenopause or menopause or Are not menopause... you sweating in the night? No, I'm not. I've not got any sweats. I'm getting lots of nightmares sweat during the day, though. I just walked up that hill. That's why I sweated. I put the horses out and I walked up the hill and it's hot. So they are starting me on HRT. But did you health. not read
0: my article? And it might have also been a podcast and a mini-series,
1: saying that why
0: am we medicalizing for big pharma companies for profit a natural part of being a woman which is growing
1: older? Why are we medicalising well, it? It's not a disease, you're just older. I think I think firstly, HRT isn't just prescribed for the menopause it's it's it it helps with heart health it helps with bone health there are other reasons that you can prescribe HRT so I think that's number one which I've learned um but what about taking lines. responsibility for your own health but I think taking HRT is part of that See, yeah I know you're very anti it but I don't see anything wrong with regardless of, of what, the what about just of trying eating to feel better.
0: Sensibly, exercising
1: But if you're aching all over and you're really exhausted, so you feel like you're walking through mud, if you've got brain fog so you can barely think, if you're experiencing extreme mood swings, it's really... They are extreme, everyone. They They are. They are. She doesn't adjust her tone. No, I don't. I had two weeks where I was absolutely murderous. I mean, there was was someone walking their dog in the 40-degree heat, and... Whereas I should have probably have said perhaps you ought to take your dog home or something, I couldn't not say anything. I literally Martin was hanging hanging on to me, so I didn't climb out the window. You know, I, I think I was screaming, "Take your shoes off and walk on the pavement yourself and see how it feels." I literally had no control. I had two weeks. But I had of a conversation horrendous.
0: with your mum a couple of weeks ago about your temper, and I said to your mum, "It's going to get him into trouble one day."
1: yeah i mean i i completely uncontrollable for about two weeks and then not for two I weeks went. No. it was particularly bad that that two, the last couple of weeks of it and then after that it went in completely the other direction where all i wanted to do was hide i didn't want to talk to anybody i didn't want anything to do with anybody if i got a text or a phone call i shriveled up and died inside but i you're just always wanted- on the phone only to Tina. I really—that's all. The only person really I want to speak to. I would literally just shrivel up and die. And I wanted to have the covers over my head. I just wanted to hide. So I had these real extremes of of this temper that, and and just generally, I just feel ill, awful. So I just think, why not take it? If you if you have you started it? I've I've got it. I picked it up yesterday and I start it tonight because you take it at night. So I just think you know if you can do anything to make yourself feel better, why not? But um, we had a Miranda Priestly moment this week as well, didn't we? Did Which we? is a, a little bit linked, yeah. Liz and I were talking this morning, and we were saying about my doctor's appointment and all these things that are wrong was with it me. Was it a Mariah Carey moment? It was. Ah! It was. It was. A, it was a diva moment. And I was I was saying about everything that was wrong with me and all these stuff I had to take and. We started talking about that and something was said about... Liz and I have both got insurances for when we die so that our animals are looked after. And something was said about Liz's insurance. Yeah,
0: she but said, the point here is that Nick's insurance costs £26 a month. Mine costs £340 a month. For
1: exactly the same amount, which is weird. No, mine's more than yours. So anyway, so I, we were talking about that and Liz said... Well, I don't know why I've got insurance anyway, because you're going to die first with all your chronic conditions. But it's true, you are. Not necessarily. Well, what am I going to die of? Am I going to be in a plane crash? Well, you might... Things happen unexpectedly. It might not be me that dies first. You're older than me. I'm iller than you, but you're older than me. Don't be ages. Not being ages. I've practical. And anyway, to be fair, I've been ill like this for so long, I just keep hanging on, don't I? I just hanging on by that thread.
0: Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com Or tweet me at Liz Jones Goddess. Well, you can't really top my column this week. Give us your column. Because I was stopped by the police and I was signed up, fined £150 for my seatbelt being chewed.
1: Bloody dogs. Bloody dogs. £150. And it still works.
0: Well, it doesn't really, Nick. It wouldn't pass an MOT. No, it wouldn't pass an MOT. I was just trying to be helpful there. So I went to a funeral. And I know I promised not to write about the funeral, and I wouldn't have done if he'd behaved. I don't know what it is about the big moments in life that makes men, the sort of men I date, punks, mavericks, arrogant twats, fat lumps, go off piece, off the rails. Do you remember my date with David for his birthday at Lymewood? When he called me a dickhead, despite the fact I was paying I over £500 for the room, meals and his copious amounts of alcohol extra, he raided the minibar as well. You've got a thing, haven't I you, had a bottle raddles? of vegan
1: champagne in the room and he raided the minibar. Yeah. I when think he's you have that with everybody, don't you? Your brother raided the minibar at your wedding?
0: I ended up having to lock him out of the room and pass his keys and iPad. They always forget something. Out him through a chink in the door in case he put his foot inside. This time, it was worse. I'd gone to a great deal of effort despite the 23 year old Prada suit. As my eyebrows are transplants, I have to trim them once a week and have them dyed fortnightly. I am the Monty Don of female skincare. I had to book a lovely young man to sit with my dogs. I had to file all my copy for the newspaper in advance. Since I began my career in 1981, I've only posted out of office once on my birthday. One day since 1981 have I been out of office. I drove in my ancient car. I have no seatbelts, thanks to Gracie, as she chewed them. Every time I see a police car, I pretend to have my arm up by my head <laughs> so they don't notice. The first disaster happened. On the A1, a police car was behind me, sirens on. I ignored them. I was listening to Radio Four. God,
1: <laughs> that'll, they that'll pulled
0: alongside, me. indicating I should pull over. I stopped. Two officers came alongside. Were you putting makeup on in the car? They said. Oh dear. No, I said. No, I, I have done that <laughs> years ago when I was a, a with. Then snapper. another policeman who looked about twelve said, "Have you been drinking?" Me? It's eleven o'clock in the morning. No. We're going to have to breathalyze you. You were driving very slowly. Me, I'm not used to motorways after lockdown. I'm not used to motorways. I was driving slowly.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people are in that situation. We've lost the ability to go out on big roads and stuff. Finally, they sent me on my
0: way. I texted him. I've been arrested. Be a bit late. Him, have you got your dogs with you? I do know they like to dig. I don't get that. Well, I'm going to a funeral, aren't I? Uh, oh, that's a terrible pun. Me? No. It was all turning into conversations with friends. Did you watch? You didn't watch that, did you? Conversations no. with friends. Hi. 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 Oh, dear God. I part with moments to spare. I changed my shoes. I checked my eyebrows. He was standing outside the chapel with his bloody ex-wife. She was wearing cream broidery anglaise. Who wears cream broidery anglaise to a funeral? I
1: don't know. I don't know. That's... No. She hates
0: me. Everyone hates me. He once replied to her text and sent it to me by mistake. That's a very common... You do it as well. It's a very common mistake. People send me texts about me to... Oh, I do it all the time to everybody. And he replied to her and said, No, Liz wasn't criticising your caftan. She writes about fashion. My my ex husband's comment in the Daily Mail that my work is vacuous, springs to mind. We file into the chapel. You need to sit near the open door as they've all read you're unvaccinated, he said. And his words are like a dagger in my heart. Dear God, this lot have taken so many drugs. I'm sure they must be costing the NHS millions. I'm giving a speech, he says. The service is lovely. The music amazing. I start to wonder whether I'm seeing him again because I just want someone there at my funeral when I die. There'll be four collies and one person, won't there, Isabel?
1: Well, I suppose I'll have to be there. Well, you've died first. Oh, yeah, I forgot I was already dead. Yeah, 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 Okay. (laughs) We file
0: out. I'm sweating, but I'm at least not incontinent yet.
1: Yet. It will come.
0: We repair to a pub and I'm struck by how once we all stood in some hole in Camden in 1983, not realised we would not be young forever. And here we are dropping like flies. There's nothing for me to eat but peanuts. I tell him I have to drive straight home to relieve Gus the dog sitter. Your new fancy man, is he, he says, three sheets to the wind. I know he's grieving, so I ignore that. No one wants you here, he says. I stand in my shoes, in my old suit, and I suddenly feel ridiculous. You won't like this last sentence. Oh, God. I suddenly want David. Oh, for God's sake. He's not like the booby prize.
1: You can't wheel him out when someone else pisses you off. No, but you, you get off. a bit nostalgic, don't you? And you think, well, did I make a mistake? Are we going back to where it was on his birthday and You, he called you a dickhead? Yes, we, we need to remember that We as need well. to remember these things. Oh, dear, I wasn't very nice. After you've made so much effort. I know, I drove straight back.
0: Oh. I had to do a reverse striptease in the
1: car park <laughs> to get my
0: outfit off. <laughs> Because my car seat isn't clean, is it? With the dogs, no, me,
1: No, you're your incontinence and Grace's incontinence? It's, it's all a bit hate and miss. Come Probably on then, letters. Continents. Letters. Well, something a little bit different this week. I just wanted to give a little shout out to one of our listeners, oh, Phil. Oh, God. No, she's she's amazing. And I just it's just a really good example of how if you do something nice and you're part of a chain, you can really make a difference. And Phil was telling me that she met a, a lady, a homeless lady, out that she, she knows and she, she supports sometimes, and she had a little dog with her. And this very nice homeless lady had taken this dog off of a man that was beating it. Beautiful, beautiful little spaniel. And she'd taken the dog. And, of course, she hasn't really got the means to look after a dog. She, you know, she's she's homeless herself. So Phil took the dog, took him home. Absolutely terrified. He's got a detached retina from where cool he's been beaten. He's blind in one eye. Absolutely terrified. She sent me videos of this. I mean, just a beautiful little spaniel. He looks quite young and been horribly abused. Why do people have dogs if they don't like dogs? I don't know. Horrible, horrible. And she took him home, and you could just see so much wanted to be loved. And Phil looked after him. She took him to the vet, and she found him an amazing home with the two ladies that live around the corner to her. And they've now had the the dog and joining their other rescue dog. And it's like this happy ending. And I just thought, isn't that like, all power to Phil. She, she done, well done a fantastic Phil. thing. Well done, Phil. But it just shows, like, that chain of events, that homeless lady who had nothing, still took that dog off of that awful man. Phil then took the dog off of this lovely homeless lady and then this lovely couple have rehomed him from Phil. And that's four people in that chain of that dog's life. And now this dog, she sent me pictures, this dog has got the most amazing home and he's cuddly and squeaky and waggy and he just doesn't know how like his life's changed so much so i thought that was lovely
0: well that's it from us this week if you enjoyed listening to liz jones's diary the podcast why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos opinion pieces and more I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye.